glad you're in this house, at this place. You are welcome here with open arms. If I can get to you, and a lot of people here want to get to you, we want to give you a hearty handshake and a shoulder. I almost said a shoulder shrug, but that would be, I wouldn't want that. We want to give you a good warm embrace. An ancient prophet some 3,000 years ago wrote this. People are destroyed from lack of knowledge. That is one of the main purposes of preaching through this series on the names of God. The supreme being has revealed himself in countless ways. And one of those ways is through his various names. So to learn of these names is to gain a knowledge that will be beneficial in coming closer to him. And sometimes we can be our own worst enemy simply because we refuse to take some time to study and learn more about him. Charles Spurgeon had a college for young preachers. And on one occasion, there was this young man, highly gifted, and he was preaching just a masterful sermon on the Christian's armor that's described in Ephesians chapter 6. And as he went through the different pieces of armor, the belt of truth, he put on a belt. And as he talked about the breastplate of righteousness, and he, he talked about the helmet of salvation and the shield of faith, as he went through the sermon, he would put on these different parts of the armor until at the end, he was fully dressed from head to toe. And he looked out into the assembly, of which Charles Spurgeon was in attendance, and he took his sword and he said, now, where is the enemy? And it was a great moment, but under his breath, Charles Spurgeon said loudly enough for everyone to hear into the room, in the room, the enemy's inside the armor. <laughs> well, that's true. Sometimes we can be our own worst enemy, and a lack of knowledge, especially concerning the names of God, will greatly weaken our strength in him, our faith in him, our understanding of him. So calling on his name, or in this series case, calling on his names, y'all, that may be one of the most important things that we can do. In the name of God we consider today, Yahweh Sabaoth. Now, you might mix that up thinking that has something to do with Sabbath, since they're spelled and sound similar, since they sound, spell and sound similarly, but they're not. They're completely two different names. Yahweh Sabaoth in the King James Version is the Lord of hosts. And in the NIV, it's translated the Lord Almighty. And the combined name of Yahweh Sabaoth and Elohim Sabaoth in Scripture is used nearly 300 times. Sabaoth means armies or hosts. It speaks of Yahweh's universal control over everything military, which speaks both spiritual and physical. Kind of let that run around in your mind for a second. All heavenly bodies are referred to as the hosts of heaven. And in Scripture, you've got Yahweh being the Lord of hosts, which would denote that he is their maker. He is their ultimate leader. Yahweh Sabaoth is understood as the only object of worship as opposed to anything or anyone that he has made. 
You think about this name, Yahweh Saba. I'm going to keep repeating this because I want this to become something that's on your, on your mind and, and quick to be on your tongue. Yahweh Sabaot, the Lord of unlimited power, unbridled might, untarnished glory, impossible to fully describe with the human language, and wildly incredible to imagine. The Lord of hosts, the Lord Almighty, Yahweh Sabaot. What a name. Now, the historical accounts in Holy Scripture associated with this name are astounding. He was the runt of the family, the last born of eight sons. You all know who it is. It would be David. Largely sequestered to watching the family flocks of sheep, uninformed, isolated, and for the most part, hidden. His earthly father seemed to be much more attentive to the older brothers. And one day, when his three oldest brothers were off at war fighting the Philistines, Israel's continuing arch enemy, David's dad gave him a care package to deliver to the oldest three brothers and their commanding officer. And, of course, one of the purposes that Dad gave this job to David was that not only he would give them the food, but that he would also be able to bring back a report on how the brothers were doing. And when David arrived at the battlefield, he saw and heard this brute mammoth of a man named Goliath. He was shouting obscenities and blasphemes against Israel's God, and young David felt his blood boil. He was incensed, the audacity of this guy to speak that way against Israel's God. So David made his way past the ridicule of his brothers and their fellow soldiers, and he was actually granted an audience with the king of Israel himself, King Saul. He told King Saul that he wanted to take on that giant, and at first Saul said, no, 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 you, you can't do that. But David was persistent. And finally, King Saul relented. And after gathering five smooth stones from the brook, how many times have you talked about this story? How many times have you heard it? It just doesn't get old, does it? And after he gathered five smooth stones from that babbling brook, David approached the giant. We pick up the text in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Goliath the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome. And Goliath despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog if you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, Goliath said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and, wild, and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of Yahweh Sabaoth. There it is. Yahweh Sabaoth, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. 
This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered, he will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Boom, boom. Young David ran toward Goliath while loading a stone into that sling. That stone rang divinely true. Goliath fell. And Goliath's head was severed from his own body with his own sword by the hand of young shepherd boy David. The Philistine army was routed that day. And everyone in Israel knew that no one defies Yahweh Sabaoth and lives. No one. Another astounding story. The prophet Isaiah was granted this extraordinary experience one day at the temple. Pick up the text in Isaiah 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, and there were each with six wings, and with two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Sabaoth. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. Isaiah says, I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the king, the Lord Sabaoth. When Yahweh Sabaoth manifests himself to where physical eyes can take it in, sometimes they are able to hear a cacophony of sound speaking incessantly of his holiness. Holy, holy, holy. Foundational structures shake and holy smoke fills the house. Another astounding story to the last book in Scripture, Revelation. The Apostle John was given a very similar moment and he recorded it. At once I was in the spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne were 
four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had the face of a man. and The fourth like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is Yahweh Sabaoth, who was and is and is to come. Then I heard all beings in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea offer praise together. All of them were saying praise, honor, glory, and strength forever and ever to the one who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Yahweh Sabaoth, seated on the throne, suffused in gem hues of immense color, and 24 elders elegantly dressed in robes of white and crowns of gold. Seven spirits of God in the form of lightning and fire blazing torches. Supernatural beings covered in eyes and wings. Multitudes of angels, seraphim, cherubim, against the backdrop of an enormous crystal clear sea of glass. Are you catching even a fraction of the magnitude of the description of this being that bears the name Yahweh Sabaoth? Oh, my goodness, we are on sacred ground, people. Maybe we should just take our shoes off. There's another amazing word in the book of Zechariah. Look at this passage. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says who? Says Yahweh Sabaoth. Look what he follows with. What are you, mighty mountain? You will become level ground. You know, one time Charles Spurgeon was quoting this passage, and he said it and then looked out at the audience and said, at this hour, a mountain of difficulty, distress, or necessity may be in our way, and natural reason sees no path over it or through it or around it. Let faith come in, and straightway the mountain disappears and becomes a plain. But faith must first hear the word of the Lord, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. This grand truth is a prime necessity for meeting the insurmountable trials of life. The problems we face are not too big. My faith in Yahweh Sabaoth is too small. Luther understood this in one of his most famous hymns, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Look at this stanza. Did we in our own strength confide, our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Does ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabaoth, his name, from age to age the same. And he must win the battle. He will win. He has one. You think with me for a minute. Earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes, tsunamis, war, floods, famine, pandemics. These are no problem 
no problems for Yahweh Sabaoth. From Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. Yahweh Sabaoth, the God I've just described, is with us. If Yahweh Sabaoth is with us, that makes us spiritually untouchable, invincible. Yahweh Sabaoth can handle any of it. He's not bothered by one earthly thing. Yahweh Sabaoth is bigger than the United States, China, Russia, and the European Union, all combined times a billion. Presidents, emperors, kings are pawns in Yahweh Sabaoth's hand. The FBI, the CIA, Homeland Security, KGB, Interpol, ISIS, Hamas pose Yahweh Sabaoth no threat. Our refuge and strength is never to be found in anyone or anything in this old broken world. Our answer to whatever we face is found in Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. Yahweh Sabaoth is with us. Listen, your faith in the Lord who commands angel armies will change your life. What would it take for you to take Yahweh Sabaoth at his word and put your trust in him. Chaplain Kerry Cash, he wrote a book entitled A Table in the Presence. One of the stories was about a young Marine named Jeff Guthrie. He was without purpose or direction Jeff had endured some really, really tough years, had allowed himself to be turned into a chronic complainer. Don't you love being around those? Having been estranged from his family for over eight years, Jeff tried everything he could find to try to be happy, which you know what that means. Yeah. He ran the gamut. So he was now serving in the Marines, and he had just survived a very close call when he realized his life could and should have ended. And this tough guy was on the verge of tears. And sitting down on the grass in front of Guthrie was Chaplain Cash, not ever seeing Guthrie look like this, broken. And so the chaplain asked him what was wrong. I've got the story in my notes. Guthrie says, sir, sir, I'm just so sorry. The chaplain had no idea what he was talking about, so he asked, sorry for what, Guthrie? The young Marine replied, it's just what I've done in my life. 
all I can think about is that I've just been through the worst experience of my life, and yet God protected me through it all. But why did he do it? How could he do it after all the things, the bad things I've done? I don't know what else to say, what else to feel. I'm just so sorry. The chaplain described the scene for the reader. I'll read to you in quotes. By now, the tears are streaming down his face. Guthrie's fellow Marines, all 20 of them, are seated around the same ramp, stopped everything. They were listening intently, watching everything. He and I could feel their gaze, but it didn't matter. He was overcome. He had just come through the most frightening experience of his life and perhaps one of the single worst firefights of the entire war. Like many others, he was uninjured, unscathed, and unharmed. And the only thing he could think about was his own sinfulness. I was looking into the face of a man who for the first time in life was truly encountering the power of God. Jeff, I said gently, Jeff, do you realize that God sent his son Jesus for no other purpose than for forgiving those things you or I have ever done wrong in life? Listen to this. The chaplain and Jeff Guthrie then bowed in prayer as this Marine surrendered his life to the commander of the armies of heaven. Twenty watching Marines stared in disbelief as Lance Corporal Lance Jeff Guthrie called on the name of the Lord Jesus and right there on the lawn of Saddam Hussein's presidential palace, he surrendered. The next morning was Palm Sunday in Saddam Hussein's palace in the courtroom of one of the century's most notorious villains, Jeff Guthrie was baptized. Carrie Cash wrote, There before our eyes, the courts of evil had become nothing less than the courts of the Lord. A place that had been known for the presence of darkness and treachery had become a place of the presence of God. If God can deliver an isolated, cut-off battalion of U.S. Marines surrounded by the enemy and the belly of the beast, can he not deliver us from the enemies that assail us on our daily lives? What a story. Is Is your back up against the wall in some battle that you're facing? Maybe maybe it's a relationship that's going absolutely nowhere. Maybe it's finances that look really rough. Maybe it's a job that's that's at a dead end for all you can see. Maybe it's your living situation. It's just... It's just not what you want, and you, more importantly, you know, it's not what the Lord wants. If you're in any situation with your back against the wall, Yahweh Sabaot is waiting for you to call on his name and put your trust in him. Psalm 84, 12. Psalm 84, 12. Psalm 84, 12. Yahweh Sabaot, blessed is the one who trusts in him. Blessed is the person who walks with the God of angel armies, the Lord of hosts. Father, 
every time we get to share together in worship, I feel like our lives get centered back where they should be. We're hailing you as the king. We're acknowledging that what you did is seems too good to be true, but it's true and we believe it. And then when we hear from your word, we, we catch glimpses of you, especially in the study of these names. Father, whatever we need, whatever it is that we are insufficient in, which is a lot. You said that if we lack wisdom to ask and you would give it. Well, we lack it. And we are insufficient in and of ourselves. So we call on the name of Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord Almighty, the Lord of hosts. May you deliver us. It's in Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, church, let's stand.